Hello and welcome to a special edition of Digital Health Unplugged. Last week, Digital Health held its very first virtual summer schools with speakers from NHS Digital and NHSX, as well as international guests from New Zealand and Australia. We also welcomed back the Shuri Network to celebrate their first birthday and let us know what they've been up to since they launched at summer schools in 2019. The Shuri Network is the first network for women of colour in digital health in the NHS. It provides a platform for women to further their careers in what is traditionally a white male-dominated field. Co-founders Dr. Shira Chok and Sarah Armani were joined by an incredible lineup of panellists who spoke about the steps that need to be taken to improve diversity and representation within the NHS. It's an important movement that everyone needs to be part of. So we've brought you the live recording of the discussion in this week's podcast. As we were all recording remotely from various places across the UK, there are the occasional technical glitches, so please do forgive us if the audio isn't perfect. If you do want to find out more about what you can do to support women of colour in health tech roles, please visit shurinetwork.com or you can follow them on Twitter at Network Shuri. Now, on with the podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to your last but absolutely not least session of the day. Uh, everyone who was with us for summer schools last year knows just how amazing the launch of the Shuri Network was. So we absolutely could not hold another summer schools without inviting them back to hear what they've done for the last year and what their future plans are. So I'm absolutely delighted to be able to say that we have Dr. Shira Chok and Sarah Armani with us today to tell us what the Shuri Network has been doing for the last year. We also have a stellar lineup of guests for the panel. We have Sonia Patel, NHSX's CIO. We have Zainab Hussein, Associate CCIO for Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Trust. Dr. Idioma Rizodu, Associate Director of Clinical and Health Service Design at National Digital Services Scotland. Yinka McKinde, Digital Health Tech and Transformation Leader at NHSX. Dr. Nikki Kanani, Medical Director of Primary Care for NHS England and NHS Improvement and Ronke Adajolu, Digital Clinical Development and Transformation Lead at NHSX. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Shira and Sarah, and they're going to give us an update on what the network has been doing. Thanks, Andrea. Um, it's always um, inspiring to listen to members of uh, the Shuri Network, and the diversity even within this panel of six is quite evident. Um, last year, we kind of set our goal and we also said you know it's really hard to become something you can't see so hopefully by even just seeing this panel there'll be more people coming forward to join the digital health workforce um, there's been a lot as Shira outlined going on and we're really keen to showcase other women of color uh, working in digital health so please do visit the website please do come forward if you're willing to tell your stories because it's only by telling our stories that we can change things for the better for our patients and families. Thank you. So yes, we, as Sarah said, we only have about seven or eight women of color in CIO or CCIO roles across the country out of about 500 senior digital leaders. And that didn't feel right to us because if you go to any hospital or GP practice or community service, you'll see that the front line looks very different. So Sarah and I thought, well, we can't just sit around for the next five or 10 years and do nothing about it. Um, so we set up the Shuri Network. And thanks to John, uh, Andrea and the team at Digital Health, 
um, who gave us the platform last summer to debut uh, the network. It has taken off in a way that neither Sarah nor I could ever have imagined. And what we have seen is that for the first time, we are hearing the powerful stories and experiences of women of color in digital tech. And the voices which were previously invisible are now starting to be heard. Um, and I want to share with you today a tweet, which was really the best birthday present that the Shuri Network could have received. And it was a tweet from a lady called Chipo Belinda who sent it to us yesterday. And she said, wow, congratulations. I was immediately a fan when I saw this group. And I straight away said, I am Shuri. Let me join this group and learn. Hashtag Wakandaness. And I hope you appreciate our Wakanda backdrops. Um, and to me, that really said it all about why the Shuri Network is needed and why we seem to have struck a chord with people across the country. We are all about learning from each other. We are a learning network, uh, a peer-to-peer -peer support network. We are here to act as a catalyst for change, working with our members to support you to succeed in your careers, and also working with our allies to stimulate a discussion about why the digital health leadership is so not undiverse, and what we can do collectively to improve diversity, to improve inclusion, and really it's all about improving patient safety. Um, so what are our plans for the coming year? The last year has been incredible and thank you all for your support. We hope the next year will be even better. So we asked our members in April, what would make a difference to you and help you realize the potential that you can offer to the NHS and the care setting? And you told us, uh, and we designed a program in response to the feedback. So first of all, uh, I'm delighted to announce that we have launched the Shuri Bursary Program with the Faculty of Clinical Informatics this week. Um, we are thrilled to be able to offer to cover the cost of a year's membership uh, for about 15 of our members who are women of color. If you're interested in applying, and you can apply now, please have a look at our website and our Twitter feed um, and start applying. The second really exciting development for the Shuri Network is our Shuri Fellowship Shadowing Program. And about two weeks ago, we put a call out on Twitter to our allies to come forward to offer shadowing opportunities. And oh my God, Twitter went crazy all weekend. And we've had about 40 individuals and organizations from the public and private sector, including IBM, Cerner, Trust, CIOs, CTOs, the Royal College of Physicians, come forward to offer shadowing opportunities. And again, if you are interested in being a host or in participating, please sign up on our website to be a member and we will keep you posted over the next few months as we develop the program. And the third thing that we are um, developing is that you said as members that you want to hear about successful role models. You also want practical career advice. Now, like how do I improve my visibility as a BME woman? 
what do I need to do to improve my success rate at getting shortlisted or uh, at interviews? What sort of trends are coming through in digital roles? And what sort of trends are going to emerge over the next couple of years? So we're working with partners, including the Yorkshire and Humber AHSN, a brilliant organization called Coders of Color that works with children and teenagers, the Health Foundation, and also Hunter Healthcare, a national recruitment agency, to deliver all of this to you in a form of webinars, as if we can't meet in person. And all the information is on our website and on Twitter. So we hope to see you there. Um, on a personal level, the Shuri Network has really helped me through the last few months because it's been quite extraordinarily difficult for all of us for various reasons. And the network has really helped me to channel a lot of the rage, and I do not use this word lightly, a lot of the rage and the sadness about what has happened with COVID, with BLM, the impact it has had on high-risk groups, including care home residents, including BME communities and our health and care staff who are people of color. The network has helped me channel all that frustration, which I, and I can't influence it, into something positive and something that we can do collectively to improve um, things for other people, particularly women who are particularly underrepresented in the digital health leadership space. So I'm gonna hand over to Andrea in a minute, but before I do that, I have three asks for you today. Uh, the first ask is for NHS England and NHS X, and I'm delighted that both Nikki and Sonia are here today. And I think Sonia must win the prize for best backdrop. Um, the ask is how do we work with NHS England and NHS X to deliver the fellowship, to change the culture so that it's much more diverse and inclusive, so that people, are, 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 people feel valued and their contribution is recognized. And the recommendations that Kevin Fenson made in his report last month really lead to action. The second ask is for our members. And we are doing everything we can to help you succeed in your careers, to make sure that your voices are heard. But my question to you is, what are you doing to help other women of color and people of color? So we throw this challenge out to our members. Can you offer shadowing opportunities yourselves to other women of color? You may not be a CIO or a director, but you can probably spend half an hour with another person to show them what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, what your role involves, what you enjoy about your role, um, and that might inspire another woman of color to think that she might be able to do the same thing. And the third ask is for our allies. And thank you so much for those who've come forward. And my question is, how are you using your voice and your platform as senior digital leaders to change the needle and to challenge your organizations, your boards and your exec teams to take diversity and inclusion seriously because staying silent is no longer good enough. And with that, I'm gonna hand over to Andrea. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, that was really great. And I just wanna say on behalf of Digital Health, it's been really exciting for us to be a part of your journey. So thank you for taking us on that as well. Uh, the first question I've got is for Nikki and Sonia. I wanted to talk about how you think the Shuri Network is going to benefit the NHS and also what organisations like NHS England and NHSX need to be doing to address issues around discrimination and inequality. 
Thanks, Andrea. Shall I, shall I kick off? Am I live? Right, lovely. It's always good when the tech works at things like this. Um, Jira, Sarah, can I just kick off and say thank you so much? I've, I found it so energizing watching um, the Shuri Network grow and what you've achieved has been fantastic. Um, I'm really pleased to be here um, on your on your anniversary. And I don't have a, a Wakanda background, but I have two kittens um, at my feet who are named after Black Panther characters. So um, I'm definitely, um, you know, uh, there and, and, and with you. And I guess, um, for me, what you were saying really uh, resonates on lots of different levels, because actually whatever the area that we're kind of focused on in our day to day life, um, we have a real, a really important job to do right now that's come out even more so clearly through COVID-19, um, which is um, we have to stop um, thinking that um, some of these really pressing issues will be solved without us speaking up about them. And actually, we have to stop um, being so anxious about uh, scenarios that you sort of don't lean into them. Actually, now's our time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, and saying, actually, these are really difficult situations and this is our chance to represent and to support in a way that we haven't done before. Um, I don't need to rehearse um, the level of uh, frustration and discrimination uh, colleagues feel across the workplace. Um, we know it, we feel it. And um, earlier this year, Simon Stevens committed to a 19% uh, representation uh, quota across all levels, because actually, uh, quite rightly, we should be aiming for the very best, not just for our staff, but for our patients as well. But we need to do more. And some of the things we've started to describe are, um, you know, uh, in, in all sorts of different ways, are things like building up our networks, building up our space for voice, um, actually role modelling this from the top, because actually if at every level we don't have the right representation and inclusion, then we're not doing the job that we've set out to do. Um, a step that we did take a, about a month and a half ago was uh, to ask for all of our staff to have risk assessments done. And for many who are listening, this might feel like a very uh, straightforward step but actually we haven't committed to something so um, wholesale um, before in this space and what we've done is asked for the whole system to complete a risk assessment for every member of staff and particularly focusing on our staff from black Asian and minority ethnic um, backgrounds and what that's meant is we've brought this issue right into the limelight because we've said you know we need to do better we need to understand our staff better and we need to support them better as well so I think this is very much the beginning it's our job now to be listening to what networks like yours say um, we are very very clear that you have the answers and that's our our opportunity is to learn from you so please keep pushing us um, be really clear about what you need from us and we will make sure that your voice is heard and amplified um, throughout the organization Sonia did you have anything you wanted to add to that Hi, uh, yes. Um, so firstly, I am just so proud of Shira and uh, Sarah in terms of, A, having the courage to set this up, because actually it means so much to all of us. I mean, just a small part of your history has been so meaningful in terms of actually, you know, showcasing that BME role models for the better and actually the positive, um, positive um, approaches that we can take to supporting diversity and inclusion and it feels like you know in some ways timely with the Black Lives Matters that actually we have the Shuri network which can absolutely get behind the Black Lives Matters and actually show positively how we can you know work together with allyship in terms of taking the agenda forward 
So we truly build sort of NHS across health and social care, actually, a truly inclusive and diverse workforce. So in terms of my new role at NHSA, it's clearly I've been in work, conversation with Shira around actually what can we do both within NHSA and also the work that we're doing. And I've got the wrong case on the call here today. And um, as I kind of entered NHSX, the Black Lives Matters was really kind of raw in the media. And actually we needed to create spaces for our, both our BAME community and also our allies in actually being able to speak out in terms of their own kind of fears, concerns and the workplace. And so in having co-led those with Matthew, um, we created safe spaces. And I have to say, I learned myself sort of what the kind of sensitive points are in terms of actually why this really matters to me in terms of ensuring diversity inclusivity and it was really down to children so when we see children have to observe their parents suffer from racism um, and exclusion in this day and age that for me is we should we should be building a generation which is open and accepting because children come into this world with nothing but love and actually to condition them with hatred or preconceptions um, is something we really need to kind of challenge our behaviours now to help the futures that come after us. So I think that for me was the tipping point. It was for, it was for quite a few of us, those safe spaces were very emotional. They kind of dug up kind of raw memories. But on Nikki's point, we need to create these safe spaces because only if we out the issues are we able to then move forward. So that's an incredibly important part of NHSX's journey. What that has led to is actually how do we get the right actions and approaches? Um, how do we build, create the right actions and approaches moving forward? So we've created, and I hate time boxing these things, but we've created sort of um, a, a kind of BME peer support group, which Ron Kay is working with colleagues to create that safe space. And we've also created a steering group that can take some actions, positive actions forward. And what we've done is quite uniquely this, this week in fact, been quite different in our thinking. So we're gonna, we're asking the BME peer network to prioritize the things that they want, they want NHSX to work on in terms of diversity and inclusion and they will hold the steering group account to it. And in the same way, the steering group will hold the broader NHSX colleagues to account in terms of how we're taking. So that's a fundamental shift. And we brought an independent chair in as well, because um, I think you know, having an independent voice um, is really important. So we're trying to get the kind of shape and format to take those actions forward um, together. The other thing is we have Matthew, um, and the wider leadership team are absolutely committed at NHSX to the agenda that this year they have they have set themselves out of two of the one objectives out the two objectives for each of them this year is to actually put some concerted support and effort into actually how they are going to support diversity and inclusion both in the workspace and the work they do and actually that is that is a step change from just being a part of a project to actually being a part of the way in which we work. So that's an incredibly important step that we've taken as a, a leadership team. That's only the start of it. We recognise there is so much more work to do. So this is a golden thread that now needs to run through all the work we're doing. There's some incredible work for having spoken to CIOs uh, and colleagues over the last few weeks around digital inclusion and exclusion and digital poverty. So all factors of diversity. Um, both in the workplace, but also um, in, in the work that we do for others. 
um, that we will be taking the kind of best of the best work that's been done out there. Clearly, Shearer has done quite a lot of work extensively um, in East London as well to look at how that shapes the way that we not uh, support the output of our work, but also the input and the design of the work that we do as well. So we are moving. I feel that they're not, they don't feel like big successes yet, but they're all heading in the right direction. And of course, we'll still be doing really close work with the Shuri Network as a part of um, building our digital workforce and also supporting the talent management pipeline. Um, and personally, I continue to offer as many people that want both allies and also bank colleagues um, sort of open coaching and mentorship as well. But I encourage those out there to do more and more because actually this is a movement and I think it's a really good start of a movement that we all want to create. Thank you, Andrea. Right, absolutely. Um, I want to bring in the rest of the panel now so that everyone's got a chance to speak. Um, I wanted to ask what individual organisations need to be doing to improve diversity and whether or not this needs to be led from a local approach or whether this is a top-down approach that's needed. Um, Zaina, perhaps you'd be happy to kick us off with that one? Yeah, of course. Um, so I think it's really vitally important that organisations look at the talent they already have and start from there. We know that this is a really difficult sector to recruit into and it's really challenging to find the right talent. So my first recommendation would be to always invest in yourself as an organisation and your own workforce because we know there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to an informatics workforce. So I think digital health leaders should look at their own organisations and identify their potential stars. Um, you know, those are the people who have the talent and the knowledge. Um, invest in those people, invest time in them, develop them. Um, but I think what's most key is to keep an open mind about who you think may be your stars, because you may find talent where you didn't necessarily expect it. Um, so I can use myself as an example there. So my background is that I'm a hospital pharmacist and my entry into digital health was uh, through the implementation of electronic prescribing. And I've done this lots of times for multiple organizations, um, but that ended up giving me this range of transferable skills and knowledge that I can use in broader digital transformation. And I think that shift in focus from pharmacy systems to kind of organization wide systems happened partly because I'm interested and I wanted to do more, but also because the organization kind of identified me for that and gave me the right opportunities for that growth. So I think, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest tip I would give organizations. Um, Idioma, could you talk about maybe the lessons we could learn from Scotland here and you know whether we need to be looking at other industries as well for helping improving diversity? Um, absolutely. I'll move on to another question while Idioma sorts out the technical problems. This always happens when we start using tech for the first time. Um, Yinka, I wanted to talk to you about like accelerator programs and improving diversity through those because obviously you've moved to NHSX now, but you were previously at digitalhealth.london and working with that accelerator program. So yeah. what do we need to be doing to improve diversity and representation on accelerator and digital training programs, uh, especially things like the Digital Academy? Yeah, sure. So I'd like to I'd like to start with accelerators, then I'll move on to um, other training programs. And I'd like to answer the question by starting with the, the, the goal of typical accelerators, and that is to support the best innovations, which provide the, the best promise, the greatest promise for being able to meet uh, unmet needs in the health and care system. Um, and so to become accelerator ready, often is the case that you need to have 
already made quite significant investment into the development, um, validation and piloting of that solution to be to be accelerator ready. And there lies the problem. You know, that investment has to come often from the founders or if not from the founders, it needs to come externally. And the, one of the biggest problems that we have in, in terms of health tech and, uh, innovation is that BME underrepresented groups, particularly BME and women led uh, businesses, still struggle to this day to raise external funding. Um, for a number of reasons, but but unconscious bias is, is probably high up there. And so I think in order for us to get a fair representation of BME and women uh, in, into accelerators, we need to start looking at um, opening up the flows to funding um, so that, you know, people from these communities can actually get the funding that they need to make them more um, eligible for accelerator programs. Um, and then if I come to other training programs, I mean, I'll sort of um, pull on my experience. So one of the programs that I set up at digitalhealth.london was focused on NHS staff training um, into, uh, in terms of leadership of um, digital programs. And the way in which we approached it was to take a much broader um, perspective on what we class as leadership. So moving away from the traditional definitions of what a leader is um, and actually tackling it from the point of view that leaders are created at all levels of the hierarchy. And, and, and that's where you need to start. You need to be looking very much uh, picking up what Zainab said, actually. You need to be looking at all levels across the organisation, all functions, because the leaders exist everywhere. And in order for us to be able to deliver true digital transformation anyway, or transformation of healthcare services using digital as an enabler, we need to engage quite a diverse uh, set of leaders who can help us to reach communities that we may not be able to reach normally, to be able to provide a different type of perspective that can help us to um, answer some of the more challenging questions um, and so, yeah, so that's what we did. So we sort of reached out to multiple layers within NHS organisations to find those people who could uh, come onto our programmes. And what we're not short of in the NHS, we're not short of BME people working in the NHS. We've got hundreds and thousands of them, but they tend to be at the lower levels. We, we have very few at the higher levels. So there are, there are lots of people out there who can benefit from these programmes. Just realised I'm muted. Um, I wanted to, <laughs> I knew I'd do that at some point. Um, so Yinka, you mentioned the fact that there isn't a lack of BME people in the NHS. Mm -hmm. So this made me think of nursing, obviously, because nursing is a very diverse profession, but not necessarily at the top. So I wanted to bring in Ronka here and ask, what do we need to do in nursing to encourage nurses to take the step into a digital role if that's what they're thinking? So uh, nurses, for me, are you know they're the pulse. They they make the NHS tick, and uh, they should never be a would be nice to have on the board or as a sort of tick box exercise when it comes to digital technology. I think it's vital that we embed frontline nurses. Um, who are the main users of clinical systems in the design, not just of usable um, solutions, but also sustainable digital technology. 
So for me, it would be the promotion of, um, you know, realistic and positive images of nurses um, and the diverse roles that they do and, and sort of eliminate the, the stereotypes of what nurses look like and what they do. Um, I think we also need to um, expedite and, and foster an inclusive and diverse culture that recognises and actively encourages and supports nurses in developing and progressing into digital health, um, health leadership roles. Also, I don't think it's good enough just to be diverse. I think the, the key thing that we, we're talking about here is actually inclusion, and that's sharing um, a common um, a common vision, a plan and a goal of also making sure that digital nurse leaders are actively involved in the entire process from de defining the requirements to key decision making, um, deployment, transformation and subsequently adoption of the solutions. We, we need to make sure that we bring nurses to the table because they reflect, they're able to reflect um, their opinions of patient care experience and safety and what brings maximum value, what works, what doesn't quite work, and also where improvements need to be made. Well, I'm very conscious of time and I want to make sure that we have a chance to answer uh, some questions that have come in from people watching as well. But I just wanted to ask everyone individually, one last question before I hand back over to Sarah. Um, what would your advice be to any women who are starting to look at digital roles within the NHS? Um, so for my for the BAME women um, that have aspirations to climb the career ladder, I think firstly, get yourself a good mentor and coach, because I think that is invaluable in terms of the support um, that they could bring. Um, I do think it's to be courageous as well. So actually to take the leap of faith in your confidence to be able to do a role. I think that's half the step there in terms of believing in yourself to be able to take up those roles, even if they're not people that you recognize that look like you um, and I think there is also something about um, continuing to work with groups like Shuri to be able to access those opportunities as well so I think you know Shira and Sarah have done a really great job in creating that real network spirit which allows people to recognize roles that they may have not wanted to go for, may have not naturally thought they could um, apply for be available to uh, to the Bane community so I think they're kind of retweeting job adverts and you know job jobs that are coming up is a is a really good thing so I think those would be my sort of three pieces of advice we have Nikki next yeah hi there I mean completely support um, Sonia's suggestions um, our equality and diversity team have found that actually what's most effective um, is uh, access to mandatory programmes um, and programmes that have explicit autonomy, um, accountability, psychological safety as well. So if um, if, if you're running an organisation or, or running a team or department, recognising that creating those safe, those safe spaces are really keen and then inviting people into them as well. So um, a very small thing that uh, Prana Issa, who's the Chief People Officer, and myself have started is um, uh, brown bag lunches. So all our women from um, ethnically diverse backgrounds come together every few months. We're now going to do it virtually 
speak next week, bring our lunch and just find spaces to come together and share what we've been doing and saying. And that forms uh, a sense of tribe as well. It forms a sense of unity and also gives you somebody to check in with. And if you want to take that next step, and we've, we've seen it happen already, had somebody recently get in touch and sort of say, oh, actually, could I do the stretch assignment in this place? I'm like, yes, of course. And it gives you that kind of um, relationship and connection. So creating those spaces, um, I know it's really intimidating and we all all suffer from imposter syndrome all of the time but um you know just take that first step ask somebody for that bit of help and i promise you the the benefit will be will be huge who would like to go next i'll go next um so i think mentorship is is really key um interestingly it's not something that i have i have been able to achieve myself uh, as in finding the right mentors. So I think I'm still on the journey of, of finding finding the right mentors, but actually often it's not just one person. Often it's a blend of people who um, you can check in with once in a while, or you can check in with on a regular basis. But I have, I think having a mix of mentors and not just people that look like you as well, it's really important um, as you progress along your career journey. And the other thing I'd say is, um, even if there are no obvious opportunities, try to create new opportunities. So that could be doing something on the side for a bit, whilst you're, which will help you to develop um, uh, some insights into a particular space of interest. Um, it might help you to develop new skills. Um, and all of those things will help you uh, as you move to, to finding a, an actual role that you, you want to to apply for, I think. Uh, should we pass it over to Zaina? Um, yeah, just, I suppose, just a really brief comment to say, I think, never think there's something you can't do. So if you see something that you want to do, or if you see that there's a gap in the organization or the workforce, and you think you can add value there, just believe in yourself and, and go and speak to the leadership. Because I think as leaders, we need people to come forward just as much as we'll then be looking for people to kind of carry forward some opportunities. So if there is a post or a gap, um, don't feel that you need to meet 100% of the person spec. If you've got the passion and if you've got the willingness, uh, you can always learn and develop with support. So always, always go for every opportunity that you can. Really great advice. Um, Idioma? Yeah, I think I would echo what um, Zainab said is really, I would encourage people to um, have a dream or an aspiration of something you want to do. Understand whether you have those skills or you need those skills. And then look for someone who has that skill or who's shown some dedication and commitment to you um, to really mentor you, but also sponsor you. And, and what I mean by sponsor, I think people who've um, been on the Digital Academy will remember this, is you want someone who helps open doors for you who anticipates where there may be blockers or where there may be things that challenge, challenge you and coaches you through those. Who doesn't put you up there for you to fail, but understands that this is something that you are doing together. And I think for me, every step of the way, there've been people who are in that place. But I think to Yinka's point, there've been people who I've asked to do that for me, um, who may or may not have thought that that was something that I could do or I should do or wanted to do. But those were people who I asked to do that so that we were in it together. And so be brave about doing those things, but have a vision and have a couple steps 
towards it and then ask people to help you the rest of the way. And over to Ronka. Um, my message is, is really for nurses um, and the message is, you know, you don't need to be a technology expert or have a computing degree to work in digital health technology. Um, your nurse, nursing experience and the vast knowledge and skills is enough. And that's all we need, at, you know, at this point. Don't be scared to share your ambitions, ideas and goals. Um, there are people and organisations like the Shuri Network and NHSX who are ready to step in and help open doors and steer you in the right direction and also signpost you to the right people who can help and in conclusion it's around knowing your worth believing in what you bring to the table as a nurse and finding your passion and thinking of the um, impossibilities and also the possibilities joining networks speaking to people and also seizing the opportunities as they come along and and just think big Well, there you have it, everyone. Some brilliant and inspirational advice there from the Shuri Network. We really hope you enjoyed listening in to the live recording of their panel discussion at virtual summer schools. Once again, if you want to find out how you can improve representation for women of colour in your organisation, or if you want to get involved in the network, please do visit their website, shurinetwork.com, or follow them on Twitter, at Network Shuri. Thanks again for tuning in to Digital Health Unplugged. As always, if you have any podcast suggestions, please do send them over to A Downey, that's D-O-W-N-E-Y at digitalhealth.net. Don't forget we publish fortnightly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and all of the other podcasting platforms. So please do give us a follow on there. We will catch you all in two weeks. <laughs>